Masechet Pesachim, Daf Ayin Tet. We're going to see a second answer to the question we asked yesterday. So let's just review that. Uh, the Mishnah mentioned that if the basad only becomes tamer, the edible part, um, even if the part that goes on the Mizbeach is present for Korban Pesach, you cannot go ahead with the, with the sacrifice. It's invalid and you cannot uh, sacrifice the blood because eating it is an essential part of the, of the whole Korban. Not so with other Korbanot where um, the part that goes on the Mizbeach is actually the essential part. And so um, if, that's, if that's permitted, if that's Tahor, and the rest of it becomes Tameh, then you still go ahead with that. All right, we're going to ask, um, uh, we're going to ask about the authorship of the second part. But first, regarding the first one, the first halacha, Dav Gidel, name of Rav, said, if you did it with the Avad, it's okay. Um, when the basar becomes temer, you you may you should not go ahead and 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 sprinkle the blood. But if you did it, but the avad, it's okay. And we're wondering, like, who is the author of this? So yesterday we went through a long discussion and said it could be to be Natan. Uh, Rabbi Natan didn't say that quite explicitly, but we inferred it from a, a couple of baraitot that he said. Uh, but today we're going to actually give a simpler answer and wonder why they didn't give the simpler answer today. Uh, right away, maybe they wanted to give the more difficult answer first for uh, to try to see if it possibly works. Um, but uh, now we have a more straightforward one. Second answer, Rav, when Rav said, quoted by Rav Gidel, when he said that when the meat of the Korban Pesach becomes Tameh, and uh, you sprinkle it anyway, you sprinkle the blood anyway, it's a valid sacrifice. Rav, the Amora, was following Rabbi Yoshua, the Tana, the Tanya Rabbi Yoshua Omer, Kol Azebachim Shabbatora Ben Shinitma Basar Vechelev Kayam, Ben Shinitma Chelev Basar Kayam Zoreket Hadam, regarding all other sacrifices throughout the Torah, as long as one part of it is, is, is Tahor, either the part that's uh, Basar or Chelev, the part that you eat, or the part that goes in his Beach, as long as something is Tahor, you can go ahead with uh, and sprinkle the blood. However, Nazir ve'oseh Pesach, either a Nazir, we'll talk about that for a, in a second, and someone who makes a Korban Pesach, in those cases, it's, uh, it's more stringent. If the part that's edible is, is Tahor, then that's fine, you can go ahead. But if the part that's edible became Tameh, even if the part that goes on the Mizbech is, is Tahor, no good. But if you did it with the Avad, the Korban is valid. So there you go. You see in this Baraita, Rabbi Yoshua explicitly says that with the Avad, it's okay. That's exactly what Avgidel Amarav said. Uh, so this is a, an ex- explicit Baraita in his favor. Okay, uh, the part about Nazir is a new, a new factor. Nazir has to bring uh, Korban when he's, when he's finished with his um, Nazirut, and he brings a special thing. He has to cut his hair, and they use his hair uh, to, as fuel. They burn it, um, and, and they put the, his Korban in a pot and burn it with his own hair, and then they take that meat and they wave it. So there's a whole procedure that has to be done with the Nazir afterwards, and that procedure, in that procedure, the meat that's that's used has to also be edible. So that's why Nazir has the similarity to Korban Pesach that the part that's edible has to be tahor. Um, one uh, one last clause in the Baraita: Nitmu be'alim bemet lo yizrok vim zarak 
that which we just said, that if the if the meat became tameh, you should not sprinkle it. And if but if you did, but the avad, it's okay. That's only talking about the meat that became tameh. But if the owners of the korban pesach became tameh, then you may not you may not uh, sprinkle the blood. And if you did it with the avad, it's not good. So the owners become, being tameh is more problematic than the meat being tameh. And that theme will come up again. All right, now the next uh, section of the Mishnah, the last part of the Mishnah says, Bumukdashin and Oken, regarding all, all other sacrifices, um, uh, it's not so as long as one part of the, of the meat, either the part that you eat or the part that goes on Mizbeach, is tahor, you can go ahead with the korban. Matnitin maneh, who is the author? Rabbi Yoshua, he, oh, Rabbi Yoshua is very useful today. Regarding all the other, besides korban Pesach, all the other ones, and Nazir, um, as long as there is left over a kezayit of either the edible meat or the chaleb that goes in his beach, if there's one kezayit that's tahor, then you can go ahead and uh, sprinkle the blood. It's valid. But if it's only half and half, half that you eat and half that goes in mizbeach, those would not join together and you cannot sprinkle the blood. That's regarding a regular, most sacrifices like a shilamim where part of it is eaten. But all the meat is put on the Mizbeach. So in that case, even if half um, a kezayit of the, of the what otherwise would be kosher meat and half of the chelib that people cannot eat in a, in a, in a regular animal, um, then you can still go ahead because all of it is going to be end, end up on the Mizbeach. So in that case, they can join together. All right, so you see from just from that, that uh, Rabbi Yoshua fits with our Mishnah, so he can be the author. Now the Baraita adds one cryptic line. Regarding a mincha meal offering, even if it's all kayemet means tahor, you cannot sprinkle the blood. And we're wondering, what do you mean blood? Blood of a, of a meal offering? There is no blood of a meal offering. So we have to clarify this. Mincha, my abidita, what is mincha doing here? We're talking about the mincha and the, the meal offering and the wine libation that accompany uh, animals, animal offering. That's what we're talking about. I might think that since I'm bringing the meal offering together with the animal, so it's like it's like part of the animal, I might think that since the um, even if the meat becomes tameh, but the meal offering is tahar, so I might think that I can go ahead and sprinkle the blood because part of what I'm offering is tahor. No, Kamash Malan, this teaches us that that's not the case. You actually need some of the meat to be tahor, and it doesn't help you if the if part of the meal, if the meal offering is tahor. Okay, good. So now we have established the authorship, but now we're going to look for the source. Chaleb minelan. How do you know that um, that chaleb uh, is, is uh, good enough that if some of the chaleb 
Kazait of the Chelev is Tahor, you can go ahead, this is for not Pesach, not Korban Pesach, that you can go ahead and sprinkle the blood. How do we know that? Okay, two different possible authorships that say the following. The full pasuk says, So the Kohen has to sprinkle the blood. And when can he do that? Only if he can... Uh, then uh, 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 offer the chelib. So you see that it's the, they're dependent, uh, the, the, the sprinkling the blood is dependent on chelib being able to put on the mizbeach. So it has to, you have to have a kezayit chelib, at least that's tahor. Chelib, afapi she'en basad. And you see it mentions only chelib here. So even if there's no, none of the other meat, all the rest of the meat became tameh, and all you have is chelib, that's good enough. All right, ashkechan chelib. Fine, now you have a proof for chelib, but what about the other parts of the animal that are that are, are sacrificed on the Mizbeach, um, like the diaphragm and the two kidneys? How do you know that, let's say, only those are tahor, but no chelib and no basad is tahor, that you can still go ahead with it? Okay, before you ask, ask, the, ask where you know this from, how do you know that that's even true? How do you know that's true that if you, that the, if you have just a kidney from the animal astahod that you can go ahead with it? Well, that's evident from the last part of that baraita, that the last part of the yeah, baraita that, the, that says, if you had only meal offering, that goes together with the korban, and only that's tahor, then you can't go ahead with it. So you see that the meal offering is not good enough, but any other part of the animal is good enough, right? We can just infer that. So if, even if you had just, just a kidney, that would be good enough. So we know it's, it's, it's good. Had it, what's the source? Minelan? So in the same pasuk, it adds chelib, and then rech nichoach. So rech nichoach comes to include also the kidneys and the diaphragm, that that would be fine. And you need to have both of these. You can't just write and not the other. If you, the Pasuk only said I would say, that's it, either Basar or Chelib, but not anything else, not kidneys. So comes to include something. So what is it going to include? Oh, it must be kidneys and the diaphragm. If the Pasuk only said I would say anything that's sacrificed, even the meal offering. And if so, if, even if all the entire animal became Tameh and only the meal offering is Tahar, I could still go ahead and sprinkle the blood. No, that's why it says Chelev to limit and say Chelev only and not something else, not the Mincha, but Echnechomach is in the middle that includes the kidney and the diaphragm. And so now we have a proof for all the sections of the Mishnah and the Baraita. All right, good. Now we get to the next Mishnah, which is going to be the, the take us to the end of the daf. Uh, so the Mishnah, uh, we're going to see first the machloket in the Mishnah about tamei utensils, and then we're going to see a question about half and half. Let's read the Mishnah first. Mishnah says, "Nitma kahal or rubo or shayu kohanim tamein vakahal tehorim 
So if the entire community, the entire people are all Tameh, or a majority, right? Uh, then, or let's say all the people, all, all of Israel is Tahor, but the Kohanim became Tameh. Uh, some, you know, so they were all together and somehow they became Tameh. And even though everyone else is Tahor, that in all those scenarios, you can go ahead with the Korban Pesach and you perform it even though, uh, even though the Korban will be Tameh and the, the whole process will be bitumah, it's permitted. Uh, so that's a chidush, right? That even though most of the people are tahor, but only the kohanim, still nevertheless, we go ahead. The opposite case, in a normal case, if only a few people or a minority of the, of the people are tameh, then the people that are tahor, that's the majority, they do Pesach Rishon. The people who are tameh do Pesach Sheni. Okay, good. Uh, now we bring a brayta that expands on the on the Mishnah. Tenora banan haresh ayu Yisrael temein bechohanim uchles sharet tehorin. If um, uh, Israel was tameh, but the either the kohanim uh, and or the utensils, uh, sorry, the, uh, the Israel were tameh and the kohanim and the utensils were tahor. Well, the most most of Israel were tameh, so they're going to do it betuma. Or shayu Yisrael tehorin. Right, so the second case is that Israel is Tahor, but the Kohanim and the utensils in the Bet HaMikdash are Tameh. Or even if all the people, Israel and the Kohanim are all Tahor, and only, let's say, the knives are Tameh, right? Or the bowls. Uh, just that, we, nevertheless, we go ahead and we do the whole process bitum'ah, because you can't separate, you can't divide and say, okay, some, some parts of it will be ta'or, some parts will be tameh, right? Once any part of the process is, ta, is tameh, then you do the whole thing bitum'ah. So that's a chidush that, the, that this baraita is adding to the Mishnah. Mishnah didn't talk about utensils. Uh, so now we add that utensils also, if they are tameh, you nevertheless go ahead and the whole thing will be bitum'ah. All right, good. Now we're going to ask, we're going to have, see a machloket between Rav Chista and Rava. What type of impurity? All right, we're, at, we're combining our two favorite subjects, Korbanot and Tumahan Tahara. Uh, so what, how impure do these knives have to be? Rav Chista says only when the knife is corpse impurity, but not rodent impurity. And because knife impurity would call, cause the people to become tameh. Rava says, no, even rodent, rodent impurity, which is lesser, which causes the meat to become tameh, but not the people. Uh, nevertheless, you still go ahead and do the whole thing, bitumah, and all even tameh people can join in. Uh, Rav Chista said, not so. Tameh people cannot join in if it's only rodent impurity. All right, let's see how this works. We only apply that this, this teaching of the Baraita that says um, that when the utensils are Tameh, then all the people that are Tameh, no matter what level, they can all join in and do the Pesach Rishon. We only say that when the knife is Tameh Met. Why? Uh, Pasuk says, halal chereb, so joining together the corpse and chereb, uh, sword. That means any, any metal has a special law uh, that when metal touches a corpse, 
it receives, it becomes an av hatumah. Usually when something touches something else, it gets a lower level, but not metal and corpse impurity, right? Metal retains the corpse impurity itself. And an av hatumah can make people tameh, right? Or food. Uh, so therefore, this uh, and therefore, since the knives are tameh, like an, as an avatumah, the people that are touching them are themselves going to become tameh, uh, and so now all the people are tameh, the, the kohanim are tameh, or the people that are doing shechita, touching the knife are tameh, and so since some people who are tameh can join, can do the korban pesach, all other people who happen to be also be tameh can join in. Because people, if you do korban uh, pesach when you are tameh, normally the punishment would be karet. But since all the knives are tameh, and then so that's the, that becomes uh, that's overridden. So it becomes overridden even for others who were tameh met or any other kind of tumah. If the just a uh, a, a dead rat touched the uh, touched the, the the knife, and so now the knife is only a rishon letuma. can make food tameh, but not people. So tehorin abed the kohanim and all the people who are who are performing the korban pesach, they will remain tahor. Temein laaved. In that case, those who were tameh for any other reason beforehand may not join in with the korban pesach. Mutav yochal betumat basar belav, and yochal basar betumat haguf shehu bekaret. It's better that they should lessen the tumah as much as possible, and they'll eat the tumat basar. That means the kohanim, right, and all the people that did join in, uh, who are themselves tahor. Since the vest, since the knives are tameh sheretz, and that will make the korban tameh, so the korban will be tameh. But since that's since all the utensils are, or majority of the utensils are such, and majority of the meat is tameh, it's nevertheless they are permitted to eat the meat. But eating meat that's tameh is only a love. And so we we uh, we permit that minimal one. But that does not mean that someone who's tameh goof themselves can come, which is, would be karet, they cannot join. They would have to go and do Pesach Sheni. Okay, that's all Rav Chista. Alma kasabar Rav Chista, tumad dechuyahi besibur, v'chen amar b'yishak, tumad dechuyahi besibur. Rav Chista, incidentally, must think that that uh, tumah is only overridden when the community is tameh, not permitted entirely. If it's permitted entirely, once something's permitted, it's permitted totally, and you don't have to minimize it. But he's saying it's only overridden, and you need the seats and all that. And so since uh, it's overridden only, we have to minimize it and so in this case, uh, if it's only rodent tumah, uh, so we want to minimize the tumah only to the meat and not to the people. All right, all that is Rav Chista. Rava, however, is going to be more lenient. Okay, even if it's only rodent impurity. And so that means only just the meat became tameh, but not the people that were handling the utensils, they remain tahod. Nevertheless, once this tumah introduced into the mix, even people themselves who were Tameh can now join in this Pesach Rishon. How does he learn it? From the two halves of the following Pasuk. Uh, so meat that touched 
something tameh may not be eaten. The meat is, becomes tameh, so it has to be burned. So impure meat may not be eaten. The second pasuk says, Pure meat, people who are themselves pure, can eat it. So the first half of the pasuk is talking about the meat, and the second half is talking about the people, um, but it's juxtaposing impure and pure. So Rava says each of these clauses are dependent on each other. If the first half does not apply, and when does the first half not apply? When the utensils are tameh, even tameh sheditz, the meat becomes tameh. And so when most of the meat is tameh, it may be eaten. So when the first half is not, is, does not apply, right, like in our case, then we do not apply the second part either, that only tahor people can eat it, right? So therefore, even impure people can eat it. So therefore, once the meat becomes tameh, even tameh people can join in. That's his halacha. And then the other, the other side is also true, but not so relevant. When we do apply the first half, then we also would apply the second half. That if the if the if the tameh uh, meat cannot be eaten because most of it, the majority is tahor, so then anything as tameh you're going to have to burn. So too, only in that case, only tahor people can join in. That would be a regular, a normal year, a normal case. Um, so therefore, you see Rava, uh, who makes it, he makes no distinction between tameh meat and tameh people. <clears throat> okay, good. Okay, we finished that uh, topic, and now we're going to talk about the in-between case. We know that if the, we follow the majority, if the majority is tahor, then tameh people are out. If the majority is tameh, then we can do a communal sacrifice, bitum'ah. But what if it's exactly half and half? I don't know if that's exactly half and half. The point is that it's too close to be able to count, right? We can't tell. There's no clear majority either way. Uh, then what do we do, right? Half the people are ta'od, half the people are tameh. We're going to see three different opinions. First one is Rav that says they can both perform Pesach Rishon separately. Rav Kana is going to have two different versions. The first version, he'll say that the ta'od... The impure people do have to go to Pesach Shani. In the second version, he says impure people never do Korban Pesach, not Rishon and not Shani. Uh, we'll see a challenge based on our Mishnah to each of these opinions. And then we'll bring three Badaitot, each of which uh, support the three opinions. Um, so these three Badaitot seem parallel to the three opinions, but we're going to see can each, all, all the other opinions explain all the Badaitot, right? Can Rav explain all the three Badaitot, even though the other two Badaitot go like Rav Kana um, and uh, so on and so forth? So this will be a fun logical challenge. So when Israel is exactly half and half, Tahor and Tameh, Rav says half is like a majority, right? We consider half like a majority. Rav Kana says, uh, no, half is not like the majority. Okay, that's probably all Rav, Rav and Rav Kana actually said. We have to now unpack what they mean. Rav Amar Mechesa Mechesa Kirov, Halalu Osin Lasman, Halalu Osin Lasman. Since each of them are their own majority, so they, the ones that are Tahor cannot do it bitumah because they're a majority of Tahor people. So they do it separately. Maybe they'll go first. 
but the people that are Tameh, even though they're half, that's also considered like a majority. So they don't have to wait till Pesach Shani. They're allowed to override Pesach Rishon and Betumah, and so they can do Pesach Rishon also, but they do it in a separate group. He says half is not like the majority. So therefore, this is the, the Tahor would win out. And so Tahor do the Pesach Rishon, which of course they have to. And Temein, since they're not the majority, they're not minority either, but they're not majority. That's the key thing. So they do Pesach Sheni. That's one way of understanding Rav Kana. But a second version, this is no, it's not like the majority. People who are Tahor for sure have to do Pesach Rishon. Good. So they do their thing. Now, they don't, the, the, the half that's Tamed do neither. They can't do Pesach Rishon because they're not the majority. And Tuma is only overridden in the case of majority. But they can't do Pesach Sheni either because they were not the minority uh, during Pesach Rishon. And so they're in this uh, limbo state uh, in which they don't fit into overriding Pesach Rishon, but they also don't, don't qualify to do a makeup for Pesach Shani, because they weren't the minority. And so they, uh, uh, unfortunately, do not have a chance to do either. All right, that's an interesting solution. Tenan. And we're going to bring our Mishnah and question Rav on it, from it. Tenan. Nitma kahal o rubo, o sheyukanim temin vakar tehorim, yaseh betuma. Rubo, hu David betuma, aval palga u palga, la abdeh berishon, kashya lerav. The resha of the, the of the Mishnah says only if the majority of the people became tameh, um, then you can go ahead and uh, and do and do korban pesach. But half and half, no, they can't do the first one. So there's a challenge to Rav, right? Because it says Ruba doesn't say half and half. Rav Ruba abde no, the Mishnah is exact. Mishnah meant, meant that if the majority is Tameh, then they all do it together, Tameh and Tahor. But if it's half and half, there is a difference. When half and half, then they have to do it separately. So that's how I explain the first half. And this, it makes sense. I can prove it. The Sefa says that when the, uh, the minority is Tameh, they do Pesach Sheni. So you see that only when it's a minority, they do Pesach Sheni. But if it's a majority, they don't do Pesach Sheni. So what do they do? Well, they do the first one. And they do it separately. So you see, Rav can explain both the Desha and the Sefa. All right, now, we're, now that you explained it so nicely, according to Rav, now it's a challenge to Rav Kahana. Right, so um, so that's a quote from the Mishnah. If the minority of the people were uh, became Tameh, then yeah, everyone agrees. The pure people do Rishon, Tameh people do Sheni. Ha-palga-palga, 
that therefore if it's half and half, then you don't do that. Teori nosin tarishon, aval temein ena nosin lo tarishon velo tasheni. Right, so you can actually infer from the sefa that when they're half and half, the Tamer people don't can't do this Pesach Shani, so you see they can't do anything at all. So that's uh, that's the second version of Rav Kana can be reconciled with the Mishnah. Okay, you reconcile the second version of, of Rav Kana, but what about the first version of Rav Kana where he said that when it's half and half, Pure people do Rishon and Tameh people do the Sheni. Well, that would be the same as when the minority is Tameh. And so how, do, how, how can you explain the Sefa? You're right. The Mishnah's language is not exact. It said when the minority is Tameh, they do Pesach Sheni. But truth is, it's true even when it's half and half. The language of the sefa is not exact, but it's just par- using parallelism with the first. With the resha, resha mentioned rubo, so sefa says miut. Uh, but the truth is that even if half and half would be the same as the law of miut. All right, so all three uh, opinions are reconciled with our Mishnah, and now we're going to bring a series of three badaitot. Each of the each baraita supports one of the three opinions. It looks like this machloket amoraim uh, is actually a machloket tanaim. That would be the simplest way of understanding this baraitot. But we're not going to be happy with that. We don't want we don't we don't want any to pigeonhole any one amora that they can only follow one baraita. We prefer if each amora can explain themselves according to all three baraitot. All right, this is not going to be an easy task. Let's see how the gemara does it. Here's the bright that supports Rav. When Israel's half Tahor and half Tameh, then they both perform Pesach Rishon, but they do so separately. That's Rav. When Israel's half and half, then those who are Torah do Pesach Rishon, and those who are Tameh do Pesach Sheni. Good, that's exactly the first version of Rav Kana. When they're exactly half and half, then the Torah do the first, uh, first, uh, first Pesach, and those who are, who are Tameh do not qualify <clears throat> to override the first Pesach, and they do not qualify to do a makeup because they were not a minority, so they don't do anything at all. That Baraita is clearly exactly the same as Rav, the second version of Rav Kahana. Okay, good. <clears throat> now the... Now for the tricky part, how are we going to reconcile these very clear baraitot with each of the opinions? Uh, we're going to see that um, Rav will be successful in, uh, in doing both and uh, explaining himself according to all of them, uh, but not, not Rav Kahana. Rav ulishna batra de Rav Kahana. So first we're going to zero in on the second baraita, the one that was the same as Rav Kahana number one. And we're going to ask, how does Rav and the second version of Kana explain themselves according to the middle Baraita that says 
Tahodu the Yishon, and the half that was Tamed do Hasheni. Hechim et Halsila, Kegon, Shayu Israel Mechesa, Torin, Mechesa Temein, Benashim Mashlimot La Temein. Here's how we're going to do it. We're going to count the women separately. All this time, we were counting men and women together. Uh, assuming that they have the same level of uh, obligation and all the same rules. Uh, but actually, they could be a wild card. It's not so clear that women have to do the first Pesach at all. For sure, if they want to do it, then they, they are allowed to join in and they're allowed to eat Korban Pesach. But do they have to? And second question, let's say the woman were, a woman was Tameh. And she doesn't do Pesach Rishon. Does she have to do Pesach Sheni also? Right? These are all Misvot Asher Shazman Gedama. Today we say that even so, they uh, since they were an uh, essential part of the miracle, they also have to eat uh, Masa and, uh, and um, do the Misvot of uh, of the Sedet. Um, but this right now we are questioning them. These are so these are wild cards. We can turn them on or off, and that way we can uh, uh, resolve this. So we're talking about a case where. All the Jews, men and women together, were half and half. But if you break it down, uh, the women are mashlimota temein. There are more women who are tameh than men who are than than women who are tahor. Uh, so since there's more women who are tameh, that means there are less men that are tameh. If you count only the men, most of the men are tahor. Okay. So nashim reshut, and we also assume that. Women are not obligated in doing Pesach Rishon. Dal nashim metimein, havu lehu temein meuta, umeuta yidahu le Pesach Sheni. So, in such a case, if we would count the women separately and the men separately, so we take out the women who are majority tame, and we end up with, all, if count only the men, that, um, uh, so most of the men are tahor, and the minority of men are tameh. Since the minority of men are tameh, they cannot do Pesach Rishon, and they can get pushed off to Pesach Sheni. And so you see, Rav can explain this baraita in that scenario. Um, and so it's okay. So even though, yeah, technically half and half, but when you break it down, since the women are not required to do the first Pesach, so you can count, count them out. And when everybody's left, uh, the men who are left are majority tahor, and that's why they do the, the those who are tameh do Pesach Sheni. Uh, okay, good. So that would explain both Rav and the second version of, of Rav Kahana. The third Baraita that says the half that was Tamed don't do Pesach Rishon or Pesach Sheni. How is Rav in the first version of Rav Kanad going to explain that? Rav Metaresla, so they're going to need two separate explanations. Rav is going to explain it as follows. If you count the males only, they are half and half. If you now add in the females, there are more tahor females than tameh females. Okay. And Rav in this version thinks that women are obligated in Pesach Rishon. Therefore, for Pesach Rishon, we're going to count the men and the women. So you're right. It is a scenario where the men are half and half, 
But since women are obligated also, we count them too. And so when we count them all together, the majority of men plus women are tahor, more than those who men and women who are tameh. And that's why they have to do the that's why they do the first one. And how about those who are tam, uh, who are tameh? Barishon la have They can't do pesach rishon because men and women plus women together are the miut and miuta la barishon. The minority cannot override uh, override tuma on pesach rishon, so they can't do it. And how about ubasheni la abde? Women do, are not required. If a woman was Tameh, they do not do Pesach Shani. They don't get to do a makeup. And so for the purposes of Pesach Shani, we don't count the women. When, and the men themselves are only half and half. And half and half can't can do Pesach Shani because they don't qualify. Only a minority can do a makeup Pesach Shani, not the half and half. And so that explains uh, Rav. That's how Rav can explain the third baraita. All right. How about Rav Kahana Damar Palga Name Abde Basheni Hechi Metaresla? That solution will not work for Rav Kahana, the the first Rav Kahana, because he thinks that when it's half and half, they still the, the half that was Tamed does Pesach Sheni. So he needs his own explanation of the third baraita. If you count all of Israel, men and women, they're half and half. But if you break it down, there are more women who are tahor than men. More women are tahor than women who are tameh. Uh, and he thinks this assumption like Rav did just now, that in the first Pesach, women have to do it. But the second Pesach, they do not have to do it. So, in this case, when we count all the men and women together, they are exactly half and half. So therefore, the people that are Tameh, do not do Pesach Rishon because they're only half and they have to be a, they have to be a majority in order to do Pesach Rishon. So they don't do Pesach Rishon. But for Pesach Sheni, women don't do makeups on for Pesach Sheni. So therefore you remove the woman from the count. And most of the women were Tahor. So when you remove the woman, you have a majority of people, men that are Tameh. But when the majority are Tameh on Pesach Rishon, they can't do a makeup on Pesach Sheni. And so that's why, that's how the first Rav Kahana can explain the third Baraita. All right, good. And lastly, Rav Kahana, According to either version of Rav Kana, can either version explain the first Padaita, the first Padaita that followed Rav, where it said that the, when they're half and half, each of them do their own separately. Cannot reconcile that baraita. He has to say that there's a machloket between those baraitot. So that first baraita says half and half is like the majority, and that's like Rav. And so Rav Kana says, I cannot explain that. I have to follow only either of the other two baraitot which follow the uh, principle that, ha- that half and half 
is not like the majority. All right, we came so far uh, just not to be able to do the, the, the last one, um, but still this is a fascinating uh, way to be able to reconcile those but I taught, uh, all of those but I taught with Rav. Baruch Adonai Le'olam, Amen, Amen.